MSW Media. Thanks to Thuma for supporting the Daily Beans. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel at home with The Bed by Thuma. Go to thuma.co slash beans and use code beans to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of The Bed plus free shipping in the continental U.S. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. Today, the January 6th committee announces a surprise hearing to take place today at 1 p.m. Eastern with new evidence and witness testimony. A search warrant was executed on John Eastman as federal agents seized his phone, forced him to unlock it, and then sent it to either D.C. or the Office of Inspector General Lab. Truth Social Funding Board has been hit with at least eight subpoenas from the Southern District of New York. And SCOTUS has completely stripped the separation of church and state. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey Dana, how how are you? It's a, hey. it's a loaded question, but hello. It's okay. Yeah, I'm 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 getting through the days. I find myself getting furious and angry, and then just kind of stepping away from the news and you know regulating my blood pressure best I can. But um, health wise, I think I'm I'm doing I'm doing better. So I'm on I'm I'm recovering from the the Rona. Good, you sound better. My voice, however, is now raspy. So yeah, we're just changing places. Yeah, I think mine is due to uh, allergies. Um, I haven't uh, taken a rapid test yet, but we'll see. Later on the show, we're going to be joined by, she's so awesome, Liz Winstead from the Feminist Buzzkills podcast and Abortion Access Front. We're going to talk about the Roe decision. And um, the good news for me today is that so much news dropped on the justice front that I've been able to keep busy with that. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Most of the day. And uh, I have a lot to share, and there's a lot of a lot of really important headlines that that happened today. So, why don't we uh, jump in and hit the hot notes? Hot notes. All right, the committee investigating the Capitol Hill insurrection on January sixth has added a previously unexpected public hearing for this afternoon at one p.m. Eastern, and that's according to the committee announcement on Monday. The panel has not revealed the hearing's topic. The announcement came as a surprise to many, many of us, (laughs) honestly, as the committee had said it was not going to do any more hearings until mid-July after July 11th. Democratic Rep. Benny Thompson in Mississippi, the committee's chairman, told reporters last week that the panel needed more time to go through the new documentary footage it received from documentarian Alex Holder, who possesses never-before-seen footage of Trump and his family, and also new information from the National Archives and another giant dump of documents handed over to the committee. And new tips coming in through the panel's tip line since the hearing started in order to move forward with its hearings. The committee did not reveal the witness list or topic, but said it would, quote, present recently obtained evidence and receive witness testimony. Today's hearing starts, as I said, at 1 p.m. Eastern time. It will be the sixth hearing this month. As we know, in the first five hearings, the committee laid out how the former guy knew he lost the 2020 election, but pressured the former VP, state officials and the Department of Justice to work to keep him in office anyway. Members on the committee previously laid out that its final two hearings would focus on the role domestic extremist groups played in attacking the Capitol and focus on that 187 minutes where Trump was doing nothing as the violence unfolded. Holder's quote, unprecedented, which is a three-part docuseries about the 2020 election, will be released on Discovery Plus, which is owned by CNN's parent company, later this summer. So this isn't 
an urgency thing because that's coming out anytime soon. The documentary includes never be seen for footage of the Trump family on the campaign trail and their reactions to the outcome of the election. So we've had a lot of guesses about who it is that's going to be testifying tomorrow. And Alex Holder is one of them. Also, people have floated Mike Pence, Ali Alexander, who posted on Telegram today. He's flying to D.C. for an appearance, but he didn't say what. Pat Cipollone, who the committee has been poking at to come in and testify. And of course, Mo Brooks, who has been recently slighted by the former guy after uh, losing his his election bid for, for Congress. So it's going to be very interesting to see what that committee hearing entails. And right here is where I will insert breaking news of any witnesses if we get them before this goes out. Ready? One, two, three, go. Okay, (laughs) if you didn't hear anything right there, that's because they didn't come out in time with more information. But I was hoping that that thing, that the, you know, the the agenda would leak at some point (laughs) as we were recording this. So anyway, what else is in the news today, Dana? Well, we've got a federal, this is also what I would consider a good news story. A federal grand jury in Southern District of New York, they have subpoenaed board members of the company looking to merge with Donald's social media company, Truth Social. Now, blank check firm, Digital World Acquisition Corp., so if you hear me say DWAC, that's what I'm referring to, revealed on Monday that all seven of its board members have been asked for documents related to a Securities and Exchange Commission inquiry filed against the firm last year. Yeah, the planned SPAC merger, now being threatened by multiple federal investigations, (laughs) yeah, would allow the company to access billions of dollars in public markets. Now, the federal grand jury is also seeking information related to Rocket One Capital, which is a Miami-based venture capital firm. The document released by the SEC revealed that Rocket One's chief strategy officer, Bruce Gerlich, has resigned from the board of DWAC. Now, in November of last year, it was Elizabeth Warren who called on the SEC to investigate possible securities violations by Truth Social and DWAC. Love me some Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. Her letter to the SEC cited New York Times reporting indicating that DWAC's chief Patrick Orlando, quote, had been discussing a deal with Mr. Trump months before shares of the SPAC began trading potentially misleading shareholders and the public, because that's fucking illegal, by the way. Yeah. The Trump Media Technology Group released a statement indicating, quote, it will cooperate with oversight that supports the SEC's important mission of protecting retail investors. So Mm. I love that the New York (laughs) Southern District, (laughs) I mean, is still going after this son of a bitch. And I, I hope they're the ones that end up taking him down. Like I said, he may be the Eric Trump of Al Capone, but if he goes down for like tax evasion or something stupid with his taxes or this, I'll be fine with it. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if he if it was Truth Social that oh, got him in the end? So good, it would be so good. Also in the news, the FBI seized the phone of former President Trump's election attorney John Eastman last week. Same day they served that uh, search warrant on Jeffrey Clark. And that's according to a new court filing from John Eastman. Eastman disclosed the search and seizure in federal court in a lawsuit that he filed in New Mexico on Monday, calling it improper. It's actually not really a it's a motion in his already case. It's a, it's basically a motion to get his shit back. About six federal investigators approached the right wing lawyer in New Mexico while he was eating at a restaurant and they got up to him after dinner and his wife and a friend. And that's according to the court filing. Agents were able to get access to Eastman's email accounts on his iPhone 12 Pro, according to the filings. Eastman is the latest person whose communications have become part of an extensive Justice Department investigation related to January 6th. 
Eastman contends that the agents, quote unquote, forced him to unlock his phone. It's in the warrant. A seizure warrant document included in Eastman's filing today noted that any electronic devices agents seized were to be sent to Washington, D.C. or the Justice Department Inspector General's Forensic Lab in Northern Virginia. Eastman is asking a federal judge to force the Justice Department to return his property, destroy everything they got off of it, and block investigators from being allowed to access the phone. I feel like he's the jackass that would, like, delete stuff but forget to empty the trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the search and seizure occurred the same day that federal agents raided the home of Jeffrey Clark, the former Justice Department lawyer sympathetic to Donald's conspiracy to election fraud. From the filing, the federal agents identified themselves as FBI agents, but they appeared to be executing a warrant issued at the behest of the Department of Justice Office Inspector General. And this is from the filing. While Movent is an attorney, Movent has never worked for the DOJ. And that's a good point, right? Because the DOJ only has jurisdiction over current and former DOJ employees, which says to me, Dana, he is not the target of this subpoena, Ah. of this investigation. But Clark is, right? That's what I think. Those yeah. are just beans. Hey. Give me the beans. Eastman goes on to argue all the reasons his phone shouldn't have been seized. He says, first of all, the OIG doesn't have jurisdiction over him. Wrong, unless you're the target. Second, it's a violation of his Fourth Amendment rights. It's not. Third, that the warrant was overbroad. It's not. Fourth, the warrant doesn't mention what crime is committed. That's because you're not the target. Fifth, <laughs> they didn't show him the warrant until after they got his device. <laughs> and they say that's a separate Fourth Amendment violation. It's not. Sixth, he says it violates his First and Fifth Amendment rights, including his right against self-incrimination. No. Seventh, he says the stuff in it is privileged. Maybe. But here's the thing. The warrant actually says, if you would read it, uh, Mr. Eastman, it says we aren't going to we're going to take whatever's on the phone or take the phone. We aren't going to get it. The prosecutors aren't going to get it. The investigators aren't going to get it until the, the material has been determined by a court with proper jurisdiction, whether or not any of these things are subject to privilege, meaning, you know, they're going to have a special master go through this stuff, just like they did in the Cohen raid and the Rudy raid. Right. He concludes by saying, for the foregoing reasons, we respectfully request that this court order the office of inspector general to return his property, both the cell phone and all the information in it, as well as destroy all copies of any information that has already been retrieved or copied from the device Movement further requests that any access to the cell phone and its information be stayed until he has a full and fair opportunity to assert and protect his constitutional rights and the privileged communications of his numerous clients. Yeah, no, dude, that's not how this shit works. But, you know, good luck. Yeah, and good luck indeed. He's going to need it. This last story should infuriate us because it's another fuck up by the Supreme Court, in my opinion. SCOTUS said Monday that a Washington state school district violated the First Amendment rights of a high school football coach when he lost his job after praying at the 50-yard line after games. Now, the opinion was six to three along conservative liberal ideological lines. And this is a quote, the Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression for religious and non-religious views alike. What about Jewish people and the abortion? Exactly. That's from Gorsuch. Okay. He wrote that in the majority opinion. He's the one that wrote it. Now the court said coach Joe Kennedy's prayers amounted to private speech, which is really fucking interesting since it was very public on the 50 yard line, protected by the first amendment and could not be restricted by the school district. The decision lowers the bar between church and state in an opinion that will allow more religious expression in public spaces. Now, the court clarified that a government entity does not necessarily violate the Establishment Clause by permitting religious expression in public. 
They have to remember too, and I hope people know this, and I love seeing quotes like this about this AG, sadism is also considered a religious expression. So it's going to be really interesting when all these people are like, Satan this and Satan that, and apparently they're protected by this clause, but okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is another quote. We're aware of no historically sound understanding of the establishment clause that begins to make it necessary for government to be hostile to religion in this way. Again, Gorsuch said that in his statement. The Establishment Clause of the Constitution says Congress can make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, which is against the fucking thing with the abortion in the Jewish religion again. It's just infuriating. (sighs) Kennedy praised the court's ruling in a statement on Monday, saying, all I've ever wanted was to be back on the field with my guys. Now that's the coach, not the other Kennedy, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. And he went on to say, I thank God for answering our prayers and sustaining my family through this long battle. Okay. Now, the decision continues a trend of right-leaning court that has sided repeatedly in recent years with religious conservatives. Last week, we know that the court said that Maine could not exclude religious schools from tuition assistance programs, and that was also a 6-3 to three decision. And this is a quote, today's ruling in the court's second major expansion of constitutional protections for religion in six days. And that's from Steve Vladek. CNN Supreme Court analyst and professor at the University of Texas School of Law. Went on to say, last week, the court made it harder for states to decline to fund religious education. Today, the court is making it harder for secular schools to keep religion out of extracurricular activities like high school football. In the name of defending religious exercise, the court's conservative majority has neutered the First Amendment's other reference to religion. It's prohibition of state sanctioning of it. So they obviously caused a conflict there. Now, Justice Sotomayor, writing for the three liberal dissenters, said the court weakens the Establishment Clause's backstop protecting religious freedom. Went on to say it elevates one individual's interest in personal religious exercise in the exact time and place of that individual's choosing over society's interest in protecting the separation between church and state, eroding the protections for religious liberty for all. So this yep. is again another religion being forced on other fucking people. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. Yeah, me too because now, you know, let's see what happens when they do a Muslim call to prayer during a football game. Do you think that will be allowed? No. Right, exactly. No way. All right, uh and then we'll see the decision that comes out that just blatantly says, "No, this is a Christian nation." I mean, it's just it's gross. It's going to be gross. And speaking of terrible SCOTUS decisions, we'll be right back with Liz Winstead from Feminist Buzzkills and Abortion Access Force. We're going to talk about Roe a little bit and what we can do, what we can all do. So everybody stick around. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everyone, it's AG, and your bedroom deserves a refresh. And now is the perfect time to elevate the most important room in your home with Thuma. Thuma practices an intentional, less is more design philosophy, which I love, for your bedroom with clean lines, subtle curves, and lifestyle-enhancing details. Thuma proves that simplicity is the truest form of sophistication. I recently purchased The Bed by Thuma. It's handcrafted from eco-friendly, high-quality, upcycled wood with beautiful, unique variations in the natural grain, and I absolutely love it. The minimalist design featuring Japanese joinery helps elevate my bedroom to the next level. Plus, it's super supportive for any mattress. It's breathable, and it's made to naturally minimize noise and create space. The Bed by Thuma is backed with a lifetime warranty, It ships right to your door in three easy-to-maneuver boxes and just takes about five minutes to assemble with no tools required. Along with the bed, Thuma offers other bedroom essentials to elevate bedtime, 
They have the nightstand, the side table, and the tray, and they're perfect complements to the bed. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel, but at home, with The Bed by Thuma. And now go to thuma.co slash beans to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of The Bed, plus free shipping in the continental U.S. Again, that's thuma.co slash beans. T-H-U-M-A dot C-O slash beans for a $25 credit. All right, everybody, welcome back. I am very happy and proud to be joined today by my friend, Liz Winstead. She is the host of the Feminist Buzzkills podcast and, you know, doing that whole abortion access front thing. I couldn't wait to speak to you, my friend, about the news that we received last Friday that has changed not just all of our lives, but the entire direction of the country. And I would normally ask, how are you today? But I'm not going to do that. So I'm just going to say hello. What a wasted question that would be. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it is. It's it's. And, you know, Allison, I think the thing that's been tremendously trying, aside from all the other things your listeners know, because they're smart, is watching how this is revealing in ways that we were unclear and still are unclear. And so as an abortion rights advocate, we are taking cues from clinics who are sort of having sort of a foot drop, uh, a little bit of the shoe drop, you know? And so it's just like, we can't even tell you what we need because we're inundated so it's been it's been really rough. The one thing I will say to my friends in the media who listen to this podcast is when you are reporting from a clinic, please don't interview the patients and please don't get in the way of the escorts and the clinicians trying to do their jobs. It's been very, very rough for the Mississippi clinics, the Alabama, like places where they're going, trying to still do care. The media, well-intentioned as they may be, um, need some lessons on how to report on a place where people are actively getting medical care. Uh, it's it's been a little bit insane. Yeah. Yes, that's very good advice. And I really wanted to ask your opinion on we got one or two one of two ways we can go. We can go with Democrats or fascists, and people might not be exactly pleased with what the Democrats may or may not be doing, or are able or unable to do. How do we get together, regardless of all of the rage we feel, anger about ineffective messaging on our side, anger about there not seeming to be people who at least want to yell about getting stuff done, even if we can't get it done, versus, you know, I I, I feel like a lot of people are like, it's damaging our own party. It's damaging Democrats, which only helps the fascists. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on that, because I currently sit on both sides of that fence. I am really pissed off and I want better messaging. And I want I want the Bidens and the Harrises of the world to be talking like the AOCs and the Pramila Jayapals of the world. But on the other hand, it would just be them changing their words. Nothing else could possibly get done until more people are voted in Mm -hmm. to Congress in the midterms. So I was wondering sort of where you come down on that. And, and what your your messaging is. I mean, I think I think the key is, I mean, as somebody who's been doing this for a whole lot of years, all I do is bitch all day long internally and with other people in the movement about why is it that we can't move the needle. And truth be told, right now is a come to deity. <laughs> <laughs> it's a come to deity with all of ourselves to say, are you going to prioritize the literal humanity of people that can get pregnant. You know, is this forever? We have said it's a woman's issue forever. We have said 
shut up, man. We don't want to hear from you forever. We have said a whole bunch of stuff that has been, you know, understandable when like, you know, up until what the seventies women couldn't get a credit card. Their husbands could commit them to like insane asylums. Like, you know, there was like a lot of shit where you're just like, when you're searching for your freedom, your oppressors, you're really not asking for their permission. Right. So, right. So I think now that we see a delineation of oppression and we have a clear cut enemy on this issue and that this issue is whether or not your abortion is your jam. The decision that this court came to, you know, fuck trying to talk about privacy, fuck trying to talk about liberty. Like the decision came down to whether or not there are freedoms that were mentioned in the Constitution will be granted as rights as we know it. And if we are in a place with a Supreme Court and a lower court, my guess, because of how things have gone, that have decided that. We all have to say, am I on that list of people who wasn't mentioned in the Constitution or the things I believe in on a list of shit that wasn't mentioned in the Constitution? And the answer is yes. <laughs> I don't care who you yeah. are. The answer is yes. And therefore, we all have to decide that flawed politicians are part of the deal. And. We have to vote for people who can do end runs and amend, you know, like we probably can't make abortion get ratified. Why we didn't ratify the ERA so that we would have equal protection under the law. Therefore, this wouldn't have happened. This really sad to me. And maybe an ERA push needs to happen. But I do believe marriage equality could get put up to 27 states. And that that would be actually ratified into our constitution, you know, but I do feel like we do have political means. I do feel like have your feelings about John Fetterman because there's a lot to have feelings about with John Fetterman, but elect the fucking guy. Right. He said, he, you know, overturn the filibuster, get people in there who are going to say to Joe Biden. I don't know what kind of bipartisan fucking dreamland you still think this is, but it isn't anymore. So you do need to, if you have enough people elected in this next cycle to get rid of the filibuster, you need to do that. Right. Right. You know, and it, it just feels so, so much of it feels like such old thinking. It is. You know, it, it, it feels like old thinking. It feels like it just feels stale. It feels like, you know, people don't eat like, veal Oscar at lunch with two martinis anymore. And it just, you know what I mean? It just feels like if someone were to offer you that, you'd be like, oh my God, no. Like who can even handle that? <laughs> and that's just like what's happening right now. It's just someone you don't like versus half the people in the Senate who are terrible to the core. There's not like Republicans. I don't like they're terrible to the core. Right. And I, I think a lot of people don't quite understand that it's it's it, this is a this is like a switch one or the other. You're not going to come in with a general strike third party candidate and win the whole thing. You just aren't. Right. You're going to only siphon votes from the Democrats, handing it over to the Republicans. Yeah. We've seen it over and over and over and over again. We've seen it. Yeah. You know, we saw it happen in 2016, to be honest. And, and it's such privilege, too, because, like, you know, we spend so much of our time in abortion access front on the ground, 
working with patients who have very little agency, have been stripped of dignity on many fronts. The neighborhoods they live in, they don't have a grocery store. Environmental racism is real. Shit is polluted. Their schools are terrible. No one has given them the opportunity to thrive. And so when you're working with folks who literally can't, for whatever reason, have another kid, have a kid, that's going to solidify a place for them that is never going to give them agency. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel really angry that people never know where they should be starting their advocacy, right? where they should be looking. You know, it is a very high horse to decide this shit. You know, it's also a very high horse in the conversations that we have around abortion. You can tell we haven't had enough of them because the framing can get so sullied. You know, we talk, I watch people incessantly talk about, I can't believe they would let somebody who's the victim of rape and incest be forced to have a child. It's like, that's awful. Those circumstances are truly awful. But the undertone of every single person I've watched talking about it says a couple of things. A, you're uncomfortable talking about abortion because you have personal feelings about it. So the way you make it feel better about yourself is to frame it in those terms. And what they don't understand, or maybe they do understand, is when you constantly frame this this acceptability abortion, you're saying we need to have abortion for the people who've already been violated. Right. Like the way you deserve an abortion is for someone to have taken your bodily autonomy away from you through rape or incest. Instead of saying the underlying factors around why somebody wants an abortion every time is because they've determined that. And if you want to say you care about living in a free society that gives you know, inalienable rights to everyone. That determination is what makes you a fucking human being to be able to grant that. And we need to start talking in those terms, man. Yeah. People, I think, are talking in too small of terms and we need to think bigger and we need to act like winners. I love that. We need to act like winners because we are. We fucking won. You know, it's like the the profundity and, and like, It is radical to actually have a nation that says we will stop at nothing until women and anybody that can get pregnant has the full self-determination of their own self. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to be a party that's like, I mean, the Republicans say, you know what, I'll vote for a, a felon. who punched somebody as long as they, you know, go in and overturn Roe v. Wade. We have to do that on the opposite side. I'll vote for somebody who, you know, hates Medicare for all as long as we can have a seat at the table, because if we don't have a seat at the table, we lose the fucking table. Democracy go bye bye. So, well, the table was never created for us. So, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Fuck this table. Smash this table. (laughs) I'd rather sit on a big fluffy couch anyway. We need to reinvent how that table goes. Yeah, the the originalist table, right? Where the original, yeah, you know, because I do like the fact that we are like literally our our lives 
Payson in the balance of a 2,000-year-old book and a 250-year-old doctrine, neither of which really gave any agency to us at all. Nope. But, but for fucking Sam Alito to come out and say, Johnny Christian, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, gets to, gets to pray on the 50-yard line because privacy, but you can't go to the doctor. It's not your, it's not your business. You don't get privacy. It's like... It is the biggest gaslight. Like, oh, it 100% ever. is. Or to even say, you know, well, my defense of this is that it should be left up to the states, but let's go ahead and pass a federal ban on abortion so it's no longer left up to the states. Right. And they actually used disinformation in the ruling, as pointed out by the dissenters who had yes. to show the photos. Like, look, this is not what fucking happened. And they're basing their ruling on some on a false set of facts. That's the court we have. That's right. That is the court we have. And there's only one way to get rid of it, and that's to add more seats to it. And there's only one way to do that, and that's to elect more Democrats. And I'm not saying don't codify Roe. Give it a shot. I'm, I'm not saying don't try to get a, abortion access on a federal lands in red states or at DVA facilities or military treatment facilities. Do it. I'm not saying don't try to sign executive orders. Do it. But let's all be on the team that recognizes we can't do any of it unless we elect more Democrats. And it's team long game. You know, like that's the hard part. That's right. And this is the hard part. You know, we need to be doing everything we can, which is why donate to abortion funds, help people get to the stuff they need. But unless we elect people who fundamentally in the core of their being care about the fundamentals of your core being, we are going to be sitting on this slippery slope of people who don't say abortion, don't really believe in it, feel uncomfortable. We need to, public opinion needs to say you matter. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also it's about understanding that one election isn't going to fix everything, right? It's a series. It's a multiple series of elections. And as soon as we lose one, it goes all the way back down to zero and we have to start pushing the rock up the hill again. It doesn't leave off. It doesn't, it doesn't leave off where we left off. It goes all the way back down. And now as we can see, after what happened in 2016, it goes backwards. Yeah. It goes further down. It goes into a negative. It goes into Dante's seventh circle, like down, way, way down. So, Oh, yeah. It goes into the bowels of Dante's seventh circle. There's a circle and then there's the bowels of the circle. The bowels it's of in the, the bowels circles. of the circle. But like, you know, they just want us to be exhausted. They want to beat us down. They That's want the us goal. to actually believe the hype. And I just refuse. I wake up every day. I put on lipstick. I got a scarf on. <laughs> I'm like, I took my dog out for wine yesterday. We went on a date. It was great. I'm just refused. I refuse to let them steal joy or, or any kind of energy I have because, you know, our world is better because of birth control and abortion. Yeah. hundred percent. And so the people that have made it better have used one or both of those things. The music, the food you eat, the lives you live, the, the shows you watch are because of the policies that ha- these people are trying to kill yeah. our art, all of it. So if you enjoy life and things in it, they're trying to kill it. Anything you like, they're trying to kill. Oh, that's yep. all. No, you're correct. But, uh, you know, I really appreciate your time today. I'm so glad to come on. It's been so great to see you again. And I really want to encourage everybody to listen to Feminist Buzzkills. It's on the MSW Media Network and we welcome. It sure is. Proud, proud home. 
excellent show and I'm so, so happy you're with us. And um, and also check out Abortion Access Front, all the good work that, that uh, you're doing and, and are now, I mean, it's just going to kick into high gear. Yeah. If you want to tell everybody how they can support that, where they can follow you, if they can donate, oh. take it away. All of it. So one of the things that we're really excited about, Abortion Access Front, we travel around the country, we help people. We're doing a massive mobilization, July 17th, Operation Save Abortion. We are bringing leaders from abortion funds, people who do legislative policy work, people who provide abortions, people who do um, direct actions in the streets. Everybody's coming to New York and we're doing a series of live streams. People are having house parties around the country. So it's an afternoon of orientation, giving you also tools in between to actually talk together with the people you're gathered with. And at the end of the day, we're going to hook you up locally with the people that are in your community doing the abortion work based on what you learn that day where you feel like you can connect. So it's a really big day. We have already like a thousand houses signed up, which means like 4,000 people are going to be joining and we want more. So if you're like, what do I do? Do that. And you can find out at operationsaveabortion.com. We're on all the socials at abortion front and listen to the pod feminist buzzkills live on MSW and support our Patreon. Cause you know, we're the only weekly podcast literally in existence who bring you up to the date news, the experts in the field and calls to action. We're the only ones. Absolutely. And um, that money goes so far. So thank you so, so much. I appreciate your time. You're welcome, Al. Thank you. Woo-hoo. And uh, everybody will be right back with the good news. Hi, everybody. It's AG from The Daily Beans. Hey, this is Kimberly Johnson, host of the Start Me Up podcast. Hi, it's Frangela from The Final Word and Idiot of the Week podcast. Hi, this is Jody Hamilton of the From the Bunker podcast. Hi, it's Mariah and Steve from, from How, How We, we win. win. And we are joining forces to support the How We Win Fund. The midterms are coming and the best way we can fight back against the Republicans is to support Democrats in key battleground states. Our democracy is under attack, but we don't agonize. We, we organize. organize. Yes, we do. Together, we can protect and expand our Democratic majority this November. We are so close to a Cinna mansion-proof majority in the Senate. Take them out. Join the MSW Media family of podcasts and support the races that need us the most by donating to Swing Left's National Impact Fund. Just one donation goes directly to all of Swing Left's top races. A GOP stoking hate, peddling lies, and suppressing our vote means we need everyone to step up to protect voting rights, civil rights, abortion rights, the environment, constitutional gender equality, the government, our institutions, all the things. Do it. Okay. We beat Trumpism before, and together we will make history again. So go to swingleft.org slash fundraise slash how we win to donate what you can, share this with your friends and family, and let's show the GOP that the grassroots persistence is here to stay. This This is How We Win. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news.
Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, photos, pet pod, pet tax, whatever you want to send in to us. Um, I take Halloween photos all year. We need the good news this week. Please send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And also, we are now going to archive the, you know, the imposter beans that's out there floating the around. Imposter beans. So uh, if you uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts and you're not a premium subscriber, head to apple.co slash beans, all lowercase. It's your last chance today to just subscribe to the right one. Otherwise, you'll hear a show that sounds like it could be the Daily Beans, but it's actually me saying, ha, you've been tricked. This isn't the real Daily Beans, and I'll just tell you to go to the other website. So anyway, let's start off with anonymous pronouns she and her. Hello, Beans, ladies and gents, longtime listener, longtime patron of the pods, plural, since 2018 or 2019. I listen to the Beans as I'm washing the breakfast dishes or driving to classes at my local community college. Nice. I appreciate you breaking down what's happening in the world of politics into digestible bite-sized chunks seasoned with necessary snark and sarcasm. Two bits of good news. One, I went back to school at a local community college in 2021, and as of June, I just made it through one whole year of courses and on the dean's list. Nice. Nice. It was a year of commuting to school at 6 a.m. downtown in L.A. rush hour traffic and busting my ass on the coursework. Ugh. I am bone tired, but I made it through this last year with flying colors. Number two, I had a bone marrow biopsy last week to determine why I have a condition called neutropenia to look for a cause and rule out cancer and other super scary conditions. My doctor called first thing this morning to let me know that my bone marrow looks good and that I'm okay. Wonderful. To Sam relieved is a massive understatement. Thanks again to you both, to the whole team of people who make this pod happen as well. I admire you both so much. I cannot thank you enough for the service you do to listeners and to the world at large. So proud of you. My pet tax, my sidekick, Pickles, an eight-year-old tortie who never leaves my side. We adopted her as an adult rescue from Paws, Chicago in 2016. Here she is snuggling with me after my bone marrow biopsy last week. And for some reason, in our notes, the picture isn't here, but we will make sure that it is in the show notes. Because we need to see a little snuggler. We need to see yes. a snuggler. Yes, I do. All right, this is from Jen, pronouns she and her. Short piece of good news. While on our short vacation to LA last week, oh, I love this, we stopped into Newberry Candy thanks to Dana's recommendation. Such delicious toffee, chocolate-covered gummy worms and more goodies than we could imagine. They said they had a full weekend and were fulfilling so many orders thanks to our wonderful Daily Beans family, which means our love and support is stronger than hate. Yay. Yes, as the hate continues throughout our country and the world, I appreciate this crew and our daily sunshine of good news. You all are the best. I submit for tax a pic of, a pic of me in front of the Newberry store with the beautiful pride decorations, plus a nice pic from our backyard that gave me a moment of zen amid the recent chaos. I love that you went there. This is a great shot. And you have amazing glasses. And, oh, I love the hair too. Right? Jen, thank you for doing that. And this backyard looks so oh. peaceful. Oh, I need whatever kind of tree that is. That's a gorgeous picture. Beautiful. Gorgeous picture. Thank you so much for that. And thanks for stopping into Newberry Candy. Next up from Anja in Sarasota by way of Germany, the Nebraska, she, her. Hi, lovely ladies. Thanks for breaking down the news for us. It's really helped make a sense of our current state of affairs. I want to submit my pet tax. This is Ivy, my beautiful six-year-old St. Bernard. Oh, She is the spreader of joy and love. <laughs> she, walks with the, uh, she walks the farmer's market as though she owns the place. She does. She's probably giant and loves to get pets and make people smile. Last week, we took her to the Pride Pet Parade. She also thinks my husband is hilarious. Oh, my goodness. This is awesome. Look at the barrel of love. I know. Free hugs. Oh, 
Oh my God, a great picture with the husband so and the adorable. dog. Yep. Yes, thank you. I love all of that. Thank you so much. All right, this is from Alana, pronoun she, her. Hello, Beans Queens. Thank you for everything you do. You've been a part of my morning routine for a few years, and I love how you keep me informed about the news and the absolute fuckery that Ameri- <laughs> that's American politics. As I'm reading about Roe being overturned, my heart is breaking for my neighbors to the south. Even though we knew this was coming, I'm fucking angry. But at the same time, so thankful that I live in Canada, where Morgan Taylor is still good law and not at risk of being overturned anytime soon. Although I will not be personally impacted by the SCOTUS overturning Roe, I fear for those who will be impacted and what rights they are coming for next. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you can give us non-American listeners idea of how we can help. I can tell you, you can send down a marriage application if anyone wants to take me in. <laughs> and you got, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm open. I'm open. Okay. As for my good news, I got called to the bar in September 2021. I conducted my first trial and delivered closing arguments in March. And last week in the first call ceremony they have ran since covid I was officially introduced as a member of the British Columbia Law Society. Nice. My parents came from Ontario to watch the ceremony, and I got to spend the weekend with them. That's awesome. For pet tax, I have pictures of my former roommate's cats. The white one is Bruce. I think he's part Norwegian forest cat. He's pretty boy, and he knows it. (laughs) The taxi is Bane, and this is what happened the first time they asked me to cat sit. Yes, that is a toy stuck on his head. And he made me chase him around the room for a good five minutes before I could remove it. Okay. Okay, the first cat is very regal. Look at Bruce. Oh my God. Bless <laughs> the, the cat's head. Oh, there are two kinds of cats in this world and there they are. I got to say Bane is, is, I feel Bane in my Oh bones. man, for sure. All right, last good news contribution for the day from Deb's pronoun she and her. Thank you for my morning sanity check five days a week. I work for local government in a red town in the bluest state. And damn, but I need a dose of sunshine on my way to the office every day. Attached are two photos of our new friend, Henry. He is a two-year-old shelter dog and a cheerful, well-adjusted little fella. We have some ideas about his breed and just ordered his genetic test, but thought you should have a whack at it first. Thanks for all you do, especially the fucking swearing. Okay. Schnauzer, Jack Russell, Terrier, Schnauzer, Jack Russell Terrier, or Terrier, and a Chihuahua. Oh, for sure. And we don't have an answer, but I think we're right about all that. Well, yeah, you're definitely going to, Debs, you have to write in and let us know if we're right. But for look sure. at this sweet baby. I Why know that face. Baby? My God. Little Thank man face. Little man face. The nose. That's so cute. Thank you for sending all these in. And if you have some good news, please do us a favor. We need it. Send it in to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Um, that's our show for today. Lots of big justice news. Hope everyone was kind of preoccupied with it. You know, I appreciated these news drops today and looking forward to watching that hearing. I'll be live tweeting it. If you're catching this before the hearing starts, I'll be live tweeting it from at Mueller She Wrote. So check that out. Any uh, uh, final Final thoughts before we get out of here today? No, no final thoughts. All right. I'm just going to check one more time on my sources. Breaking. John Eastman. Nope. Here, John Eastman. Nope. Eastman, we know. Bannon. Yeah, no, it doesn't look like anybody has any news yet. As of 5 p.m. Pacific time on Monday night, who is going to be testifying at the hearing today? 
All righty. Uh, although Hugo Lowell did say he was going to join jo- Joanne Reed tonight to discuss the mystery January 6th committee hearing and an exclusive piece of information about a phone call Eric Trump made Ooh. and the committee recently learned about. I happen to know what that is. I'm excited for you to learn what it is. We'll talk about it tomorrow on The Beans. Until Sweet. then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>